This is not going public, is it? Welcome to La Casita Martinez, where we indulge in the art of deep conversation and vulnerability in pursuit of self-love, self-expression, and self-value. I am your host, Samantha Martinez. On today's episode, we're talking to my sister, Angelica, a.k.a. Jelly, a.k.a. Titialo. So we had a question come in from the comment section, which reads, what do you guys have most in common? Well, what do we have that's different? Maybe <laughs> we should list out our differences and then synthesize to find our okay. similarities. We're pretty different, though. Yeah, I think we're very different. But over the years, we probably become more similar. Or our similarities have complements. Aligned. Yeah, definitely aligned a little bit more. I would say one of our major differences that people don't see right away is that you are way more confrontational. I was just going to say, I'm a fighter. You're a fighter, and I'm a flighter. Uh, but our, our personalities wouldn't... No, reflect that. Yeah. Not at all. So, we're both fake. <laughs> That's what we have somewhere. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So, tell us, who is Angelica? Who is Angelica? That is a loaded question. And that's a question, in all honesty, I am exploring in weekly therapy with my girl Mirari, which is the healthiest and happiest relationship I've <laughs> been in for three years. Um, I'll tell you the person I thought I was mm -hmm. and then the person I realized I was uh, growing up. Grew up with two parents, hardworking parents. Grew up with an older sister, younger brother, middle child on the south side of Chicago. And generally looking back, had a pretty happy, grounded, well-resourced upbringing. And had an amazing community group of friends. Went to church. Had this extended family I had opportunities. I was pretty good at school. I was a happy and healthy child. And then teenage years hit. And those were some of the hardest years I've experienced thus far. So looking back, I realize now that I was a happy child, but I definitely had some underlying mental health issues that I didn't fully understand and weren't fully supported for no particular reason other than many years ago. It wasn't something that was talked about or understood or accepted. Mm -hmm. So I am proud to say today that I am a really a survivor and that's not word a word I use lightly I am a I would say have a lot of strength that I didn't understand for a while and kind of a will to move forward and really just like this growth mindset that allowed me to push through my depression push through anxiety and not just push through but really do the work in order to get ahead of it and accept that part of myself and also accept the happy side of myself. So I think my duality in that space is what makes me, what adds to my personality and who I am is the ability to both be happy and understand and accept the mental health challenges that come my way that I'm still on the journey of. Um, but overall, 
being accepting of that and understanding how that that plays into my life and not trying to ignore it or not trying to just push past it. And was there a specific time or situation that led you to therapy or was that something that you sought after but were a little bit hesitant about it because, as you mentioned, the stigma around it, especially in our culture, about seeking therapy? Um, Was it like a pivotal time in your life where like, okay, I need therapy? Or was that something something in the back of your head that I was like, okay, it would be good for me. It would be good for me. Now it's time. I knew I always wanted and I was intrigued by therapy ever since I was younger, mostly because the idea of having someone listen to you would help you. Like who doesn't want that? Someone to like listen to you and like you talk like Mm -hmm. purely just like this, right? You talk, someone listens to you and you just kind of process out loud, especially growing up in a house where not that I didn't have parents who didn't hear me or, listen to me but we're so preoccupied with surviving and supporting the family that they oftentimes didn't have one the time but also the tools themselves to really create the space to listen and really hear us and uh, kind of see through our needs and asks so I knew I always wanted that I just didn't understand the concept of therapy and then at a younger age uh, our mom took me to therapy and then the therapist just wanted to talk about her son all the time so I was like you need therapy (laughs) so I was disillusioned by that process and walked away but was still intrigued by this idea of someone really being able to help me navigate my mind um and put up some like guardrails within kind of my mind and how it's mapped out so but I couldn't afford therapy because I was working and couldn't afford insurance really Mm -hmm. and couldn't afford uh the service. So then finally I was able to get a job where offered it offered insurance and I sought it out and I was with my first therapist about a year and a half and it was great, but it was a little bit more responsive to a specific situation in my life. And it just wasn't a perfect match necessarily. So I stepped away from that relationship and once again, still knew I wanted it, just wanted to find the right match for my specific situation, my specific circumstances, was able to see my identity and understand my layered identity as a Latina, as a Chicagoan, as a feminist, as a social justice person. I wanted all of those values and qualities to be part of the conversation. So then I did a lot of research and did a lot of looking into the different processes and styles of therapy and really try to find one that matched my approach in life and the way I learn and the way I process and that really brought me to just like I said one of the greatest relationships to this Mm -hmm. day my girl my daddy and would you say as being from like a first generation family being Latina how did your family react to that because it's so stigmatized because it's taboo how did how was their reaction and how did that affect you during that process it wasn't something that was, and I think to this day, it's still not something that's that's fully discussed. I think just just recently, I had to remind my parents that I am, in fact, still in therapy because my therapist's dog just died, and it was so sad. <laughs> so I wanted to talk to the parents about it, but they had no idea I'm still in therapy. I'm like, guys, I'm three years into therapy. Um, so it's something that they're aware of as part of my orbit, but not engaged in, which is fine. So I would say it's something that they understand and support in terms of professional help. 
but I think themselves may not really understand how that really fits into my kind of holistic life of therapy as really one tool to live a happy and healthy life. Um, so I think it's understood. I don't think it's fully, um, not accepted, but just fully engaged in terms of asking. Like embraced. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I, I would say over the years, the parents have definitely accepted it more, but it, it's still limited engagement, which, which is fine. The relation, you know, therapy is my own journey. It's not mm-hmm. anyone else's, but, um, I think it is a different, uh, there is something different about having, being able to kind of openly talk about some of my takeaways in therapy into the people that I am closest to. Right. And being mm-hmm. able to talk with like, wow, I had this breakthrough moment or like, wow, I never thought about this way. Or mm-hmm. like, wow, did you guys know that's what's wrong with me? And everyone does except for me. Right. Like just those breakthrough <laughs> moments along the way of the process are really important for me to share that with people close to me. Um, so I, I've always kind of appreciated being open and honest about my mental health and my own journey. And would you say this is a long-term journey or is it something that you um, have found like refuge in because of a difficult time? Or is it something that you see as a process um, and has longevity as you continue to grow and evolve? Yeah, that's something I talk about with one of my best friends who's a social worker and her, she, she's she's of the mindset that therapist and they I, I don't mean to be like make a general statement on behalf of her but in conversation with her she did encourage me like what does it look like to wean off that relationship right mm-hmm. like slowly depart from that um and I definitely hear her her perspective on that but for me it's not a codependent relationship or a, a uh yeah a codependent relationship for me it really is a practice of reflection mm-hmm. and processing and what my therapist's focus is, is psychotherapy, which is essentially I go into the space and have a stream of consciousness and she provides really the more of like the the lanes for for where we're heading. Right. So I'm just kind of spilling and then she's able to pick up on themes and kind of redirect me if needed rather than really guiding the conversation. And for mm-hmm. me, that's been extremely transformative. So I would say I do see this as a long term, whether it's with her, whether I take a break, whether I, you know, I don't know what what the future will look like, but it's not something I anticipate breaking from because it's um, it is a reflective process, which is so helpful for me as someone who is pretty self-reflective. It is really helpful to share that space with uh, with someone else. I mean, maybe when I get a partner. I'll stop doing therapy, but <laughs> until then, I'm still going to go to therapy. Unless you find a partner that's a therapist. Oh, my gosh. If only. So how would you, how has therapy brought you to, has tapped into, I guess, your self-love, self-acceptance, and self-value? Has it enhanced it? Has it really highlighted the things that you love about yourself or the things you want to change? Because I assume that's a big part of of the process. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't been a, a clean journey by any means. I think the first few years, that's really when I um, uh, really got into a, a, a pretty deep depression because I was processing and un- unpacking a lot of trauma. And I didn't that 
those two things didn't make sense of like how am I in therapy and getting more depressed and I realized it was just the surfacing of so many suppressed memories so many suppressed um so much gaslighting to myself on my end and then being able to go through that kind of level of clarity but also um going through my feelings being able to identify what my feelings are which is not an easy thing to do growing up in an environment where feelings are not always talked about or understood or mm-hmm. identified. Right. So that journey, oddly enough, like led me to the space of self-acceptance of that kind of like understanding of my vulnerabilities, my feelings, my hopes, my wants, my pain, and also my contributions to, um, to my life and how I'm either getting in my own way or how I'm not stepping up. So I think one of the major takeaways, which is so weird, I didn't expect this for a while. I lost my ambition. Um, Mm -hmm. I I used to be a super ambitious person. And for years I just lost it. Like I had no desire to work, no desire. And through therapy, like I found my ambition again, Mm -hmm. my work ambition. And I am at that place again of just Mm -hmm. seeing a future um so that has been a huge thing of like it's not just always like the self-love or like self-love can feel like such a concept that isn't fully understood but for me like one of my takeaways is like being able to believe in myself to working towards something greater than me Mm -hmm. is a key take like key tangible takeaway that I would have Mm -hmm. never got for me I was like I never want to work again and that's it so to get that back was a huge victory Mm -hmm. and like a huge full circle moment hmm and thinking about like how capable you are and how strong you are and what the value that you bring to a yeah. workplace yeah yeah That's so important yeah 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 just today I was talking to my boss and like advocating for for specific things advocating for my team which for me before I wouldn't have cared about or I was like whatever I'd rather just hide in the background mm-hmm. so putting myself front and center and putting myself on the line and my values is all part of like this holistic process mm-hmm. of like it, that is not disconnected from processing and therapy right. about, you know, past traumas that maybe have contributed to me wanting to be more silent or me mm-hmm. being afraid of confrontation or me being afraid of quote unquote authority. Right. Like mm-hmm. all of that comes into play to be able to like trust my voice, trust mm-hmm. my leadership. And then also just come to people with love. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't always have to be a fight. Like, being able to also accept people and not have this kind of like projected hate towards people, which I think I carried for a while, um, has just allowed me to also just deepen relationships or build on new relationships or navigate relationships Mm -hmm. in general. So yeah, it's all, it's all connected. So I definitely don't see it as just one area of my life. Like it, it touches on, on everything. Hmm. So to wrap up the episode, what do you love most about yourself? Ooh, what do I love most about myself? Um, I love that I can make myself laugh um, and not just make uh, like growing up. I was always like the funny one because mm-hmm. I had this pretty older sister. So I just like assumed the role and I'm not even lying. Like I, I think internally internalized like I was the funny one. Um, so I was always used to making people laugh and I thought that was my role. And then over the year, like, like I said, it kind of in my process, I was like, I, I am funny. I'm also pretty, but I'm also (laughs) funny and I can make myself laugh and just like 
laugh with myself, laugh mm-hmm. through situations, laugh at circumstances. Like that's just such a, I like, I enjoy that so much of just being able to like laugh with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a pure form of expression. Yeah. Too. Yeah. It really, it really is. Um, so yeah, I, w- I would say, which might be an obvious answer of just like, Oh, the funny girl, but it's just like, yeah, but I can make others laugh, but I also mm-hmm. can make myself laugh. And that's huge. Right. Of, I really just enjoy enjoy time with myself and I enjoy my mind, even though sometimes it can be challenging. I do love it. Amazing. Well, I hope this episode serves as a um, reminder or just a push for those who are in the process of looking to seek therapy or who are in limbo and don't know or might be the first in their families who are um, seeking professional help and that there are people who are in your shoes and who find it wildly valuable. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me.